overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Hello, welcome back to Embarrassment of Riches. Hey, Laura. Hello. How are you? I am doing well. I just started our timer. To <laughs> To keep track. I'm silently making Elmo apocalyptic fire face. <laughs> um, you might have heard a little a little microburst of laughter in the corner that doesn't sound like my ha, 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 ha. Or Laura's laugh. That's silent Annie Mooney. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm so excited that you're here. Yes. Thanks. Well, Annie's here tonight, um, one, because we just... She's in our small group, too, so she's already got our COVID germs. And we love us some Annie Mooney. We do. And we're tonight we're talking about friendship. That's and right. And who better to bring in than a friend? That's right. Aw. Aw. So we had talked about, um, or we had put it out there in the world of Facebook, different ideas of topics that we could discuss. And we really loved this one because it's been an important part of all of our adult lives. Yes. But it can be an awkward part of your adult life. Yes. Now, also know that Laura's got a timer going because she's trying to make this timely, but we probably spent 45 minutes talking about how we were going to talk about friendship, and it finally ended with one of us saying, well, let's just see how this goes. Well, actually, it began. (laughs) The whole thing began with one of us saying, should we just start recording and see how it goes? And I said, no, let's try to plan. And then I realized that was a fruitless endeavor. <laughs> and I said, yes, Feudal. let's just go. <laughs> That's right. And, and then Annie said, maybe we could start over if it was bad. <laughs> you know. um, but I was like, it's not going to be bad. It's the three of us talking about friendship. <laughs> and I said, you suffer from high self-esteem. Which is now now we're just going to tell y'all what our whole previous conversation was. And then I said, I once took an aptitude test that said, um, the results said, confidence often exceeds ability. It's funny the second time. That's right. And then Annie and Laura laughed. That's right. So here we are. The takeaway is that when you said we should just go for it, and we didn't, you were actually right because we just rehashed everything we talked about in those 45 minutes. <laughs> right, exactly. Because that's all the material we have. <laughs> Friendship. Talk amongst yourselves. That's right. Thank you for not trying to do the accent. I know. Well, I just, I just thought I'd do it grandly. Uh-huh. So would you please start by sharing the four things that you have identified as being important in we were kind of talking about small group not necessarily just making friends but that they're they're four important qualities um in a successful small group sure these are these are qualities that i ripped from a previous sermon i heard once and one of them we made up because we couldn't think of the fourth one (laughs) 
This was also part of our previous conversation. <laughs> Y'all are getting nothing but the best here. <laughs> That's right. Um, quality podcast performance. All right. So uh, the four the four things that this that that sermon was talking about, and it was specifically talking about like for a small group to be successful, but I think it can be applied to friendship. Was proximity. You need to be close to people. You need to have the ability to get together with them and let them be a part of your everyday life affinity you actually need to be drawn to them like enjoy them want to be around them Mm -hmm. intensity uh so that is sort of um i think the ability to like meet somebody where they are um when when a situation calls for levity that that's there when a situation calls for depth that's there and there are people that we naturally do that well with and then that 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 there's not like an intensity level that's good and an intensity level that's bad it's just that sometimes when intensity yeah when intensity levels mismatch needs cannot be met Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. You cannot meet expectations, but I think that intensity is something that can also be somewhat fluid, meaning being able to have, I think it, a, a group is successful when you can have varying levels of intensity. Oh, sure. And that's what I was more meaning of that, like, but the matchup is there that like you are able to like read each other. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people, it's like, they're always like laser focused. Some people are always... Um, kind of, or, and I shouldn't say it like that, but, but because they, I mean, those people change, it's not like, but you know what I'm saying? I think there's sometimes where it's like, if you're wanting this group or if you're wanting this friendship to be like, where we share like, like a, an accountability group. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe accountability was the fourth one that I forgot about, but I don't know now, now that you say it. It does end in itty. It, it does end in itty. But, but, but there's, you know, but if you're wanting to use, like if you want the friendship to be an accountability partnership or if you're just wanting it to be fun, like the, those mm-hmm. things. And then, so we, so we talked about proximity, affinity, intensity, and then commitment was the one we made up. But I think we were saying with that, that there's just this, the, the idea of like how much time do you have to put into this mm-hmm. and um, because some people have very little time and some people have a lot of time and well, they usually friendships work well when when you're able to give each other the amount of, the amount of time that you both want that's right and I think accountability can be wrapped into that too of just like saying that you're going to show up and having the accountability with that group of people to I show feel up pretty strongly. It was That's accountability. A good one. Yeah. We did so not come up with that. Now one. we have a record of it. Cause Laura said, I've shared this with her multiple times and I can never come up with the fourth one, but it's <laughs> very important, but I think now it's accountability. It's I really do. But I like commitment too. Yeah. I think that's a, obviously an important. Yeah. But the, so those are all well and good, but I think one of the things that I hear from people a lot, uh, especially in adulthood, and I would assume most of our listeners are adults, is that it's really hard to make friendships in post-college. Mm-hmm. Um, because in college, you have proximity, and you have all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. And now, whether you're working or momming, 
or working and momming, mm-hmm. a lot of your time is taken up. Yeah, and I it, think time alone can really be a hindrance to making a friendship. I feel like I have that, I guess it would be affinity in your metrics, but mm-hmm. just the, <clears throat> I have like a desire to know a person or we have like a great talk once, but yeah, just having that time and consistency of seeing them really takes a toll. Um, whether we have kids that line up in the same grade or at the same school, like all those things really matter because each pickup time or each run in at the same grocery store, like actually does contribute, I think, to like a, a quality that you need in a friend. Not, not that you can't have long distance friendships or great friendships from way back when. I survived on long distance friendships for about 10 years. Right, (laughs) right. But there is something about forming new ones that requires more time, you know, just It requires a certain level of investment and, and yes, time demand that a lot of us moms, working moms, full-time workers just don't have. The, one of the things, so now, so one of the things that for me was really important in, in, in different stages of my life where I was needing to make new friends was, um, putting myself in situations where I could log some hours. So, um, you know, in college that was easy in high school, that was easy, but still it, it kind of required an intentionality of like, I am, I am actually actively trying to make friends. But I remember even most recently, like when we moved to Dallas Bible, the only friend I had at Dallas Bible at the time was Kristen Botts. And I hardly knew her. Um, I knew her from like from our elementary school and she and I had worked together on some projects on PTA. So I knew I liked her and I had like an affinity for her, but Kristen was the only person I knew. And luckily Kristen is like a very kind and sweet person. But what I did immediately when we got to Dallas Bible was they, they started advertising for the women's retreat. And I said to Kristen, Hey, can I go with you? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I mean it takes it takes a little bit of like boldness to do mm-hmm. that, but Kristen was so sweet and included me and of course I ended up rooming with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, like and yeah. Kristen and and um what was so great is by the end of that weekend I went into that weekend kind of like I don't have people and I came out of that weekend um Annie, I don't know if you remember, but you and Kristen and I spent about an hour on one of the beds like crying like humongous (laughs) tears of laughter talking about the mohawk mom's facebook page and i was i was sharing my favorite posts one of them was a was a a schnauzer winking while he was (laughs) while he was relieving himself in someone's yard well, there is That's good fodder. Still, I, I'm for gonna find. The, okay, just so you know, since we are not taking pictures of like a co or you know our guest this time, the picture that's going to go with this one is the winking schnauzer. I'm gonna find it, guys. I can <laughs> clearly recall that picture in my brain. I've seen, I think that that made mm-hmm. the rounds of, of text has. messages. Sometimes, if you just need a smile, that's that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. But you, do you remember that night? Yeah. No, laughter is a good glue. I mean, I feel like that's a really important part of friendship. And 
I don't know. Maybe but, that's... but there's something something about like an experience of like like yeah. to me like that the women's retreat and having getting to log some hours right. and have this experience together where yeah where we laughed our faces off right we moved then... here five years ago and I felt like oh my gosh these relationships these neighborhood friendships seem really thick and deep and they've been lo- like people don't move out of these this neighborhood and how are we ever going to fit in and my son was asked by some really friendly people to join a boy scout troop and so we did that I feel like that was one of the best things we did the first year we moved here now you don't even really love boy scouts well (laughs) (laughs) that that could be true um yeah I was I was raised between two brothers that and a, and a, and had a scout leader dad. So my boy scouting days were done, but <laughs> he really wanted to do it and we kind of felt like well we you know, how else are we going to meet these families? And honestly, that was like going on a few campouts that first year that we were here. It allowed like my husband who doesn't have those school pickups, drop-offs, PTA situations to like get FaceTime with neighbors. Um, like I do, he was able to like make some friendships and I don't know, even my daughter became friends with all the little sisters of the boys that were on in the troop and my youngest made friends, even though he was like three. And so it did cost me some sleepless, sleepless nights in a cabin, frigidly cold, but it was totally worth it. We feel like that was one of the coolest ways that God gave us friends here. So yeah, that initial like investment of just good old-fashioned time hours and even doing something I didn't want to do was totally worth it I'm giving Laura stink eye because I like it when she goes on retreat with us me too (laughs) me too and so I'm just giving her just a reminder and I I also I'm gonna say that Laura always says like her body rejects retreats. I don't think that's true. I mean, if that's it, true, it Laura, true. if that's true, Laura, you don't want to know happened, how true it is. I know what happened to you, but I'm just saying. Don't make me talk about it into a microphone. Well, I'm not going to make you talk about it in the microphone. But what I'm going to say is what was causing that was like some kind of business some business that that needed to be attended to that was good like that was a good like was good but kind of anxiety like driving you know like it just you you had to address something Mm. and I think that made it difficult I'm I would say about that feels true but what does feel true is that my body rejects retreats oh okay (laughs) I I I know that you what you're you know that what I'm saying I know I'm okay okay so yes because you have like you can't tell you can still say you don't want to go but I mean whether or not that's the will of God we'll talk about later (laughs) but um pecked to death by chickens pecked to death by chickens but um but I would say that if that's true, if what you're saying is true, then I should never be in a Bible study ever again. Oh. Hmm. Because. Does your body reject Bible studies? No, but I have shared with y'all all of the weird experiences, like emotionally awkward experiences that I've had in every single Bible study I've ever been a part of. There's always some very, very bizarre interaction 
and I have to be part of it every time. <laughs> I've every been time. in Bible studies that you've led and you're very good at it. Right, but I just feel like God uses them to like make me have a really awkward interaction with another human. And it makes it really hard every single time, even though I love them and I enjoy them. But there is an element of so there's like, a cost involved. There's a cost involved, and I know that. And you know what? That's another thing. Hey, here's what here's what we do. I, I think I've sent it to you guys this time. That that cost. Um, there's a cost to being known. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to like yeah. so like in order to be to, in order to have deep deep friendship, you have to submit. To the horror of being really known. Yes. Yeah. Inside and outside, warts, mm-hmm. flaws, yeah, exposure. Well, and I think that, that that's that kind of that commitment piece of being committed to to that discomfort, to, to the value that comes from that discomfort of being known. I mean, it takes all those things, right? It takes the intensity. Yeah, no, we've decided commitment's not a thing. I friendship, think it's accountability. I think commitment is fantastic. <laughs> no, I also teasing. came up with it, so I feel like it's a great one. I'm just kidding. Um, but I think that the time that you spend in deciding, I want to be f- friends with these people, I want to make this work, I want this small group to be something that's a big part of my life, it, t- it like... It's putting that time and effort into it makes it more comfortable to be known, makes it more comfortable for your warts to be seen, makes it more comfortable to be challenged. And those are all things that I think God can use to refine us and sharpen us and mold us. I think that it's, in some ways, it's lonely not to have friends, but there are a lot of things that it's easier to not have deep, meaningful friendships. It's mm-hmm. easier to have acquaintances that feel good to say, hello to to have some kind of surface level chit chat and I like surface level chit chat I can get down with that but the being really known part is hard work it is I think it takes a fair bit of courage too Mm -hmm. to to step out there and I think obviously I mean clearly it takes a great deal of grace and forgiveness and Mm -hmm. you have to you have to be generous enough. I, I feel like I've been having this conversation with my daughter lately. Just She's 12, and so she's choosing friends, and she's <clears throat> she loves to be with people. And so just having that, you know, girl drama starts young. And so, I don't know, trying to coach her in that, like, hey, friendship is is really beautiful, really important, but like, you've got to be generous. Like you can't, you know how in middle school, sixth grade, whatever, like there can be an owning of another person. Like there can be like a, um, there, there can be lines drawn that you don't cross. And, and so anyway, I've just felt like I've, I've needed to encourage her to like, Hey, be generous. Like be, yes, you have to forgive and you've got to be faithful, but you, you don't own that person. So if, if she becomes friends with someone else, like love would say, you know what, that kind of hurts. I miss her, but I'm, I'm also happy for her. Like love doesn't demand, no, you stay with me. 
You can't, mm-hmm. you can't grow I think with her. We've had this conversation. We've had that conversation. Cause that w- one of the things that I've like ch- talked with Lydia about is like, and I don't even know if we've made, we may have even talked about this on the podcast, but the idea that there's only one exclusive relationship in your life and that's marriage. Mm-hmm. And then every, every other relationship has room for more. Mm-hmm. Right. So friendship, I think what that's the idea that you're getting yeah. at is that friendship, like in junior high and high school, can almost feel like a romantic relationship in the intensity and the yeah. time draw in the like there's almost like a possession yes of and a person it, right, or of like, a click but like healthy friendship right has room to add another person right and right. um and it's you know I I, I told her I'd like because she knows you know she knows my college friends because mm-hmm. you know we've grown up going there but like I, I would tell her like when I was single in Dallas, I would bring my college or my roommates from seminary with me to things to do with my college roommates because I knew what that friendship was like and I knew they would fit in mm-hmm. and they would, I knew they would fit in because I knew what that friendship always felt like and it felt like room for more and it felt like this is more fun with them there and that we could tell we and it wouldn't limit our college friends from like telling stories because they could tell the story in a way that brought the person into the joke instead of making them feel like they were out of the mm-hmm. joke and right. um, and so that i think that takes time to develop that skill sure but you want to sure. look for people that are willing to try right 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 and and you know maybe that's just more exacerbated cuz we see what each other's doing and everything's so much more published mm-hmm. um or knowable and so there can be this uh, you know feeling I, on the outside yeah more. feeling being mm-hmm. feeling left out more maybe than 10 years ago when all this stuff didn't exist and so uh, you know I can't believe that I'm still feeling those things but in some ways I'm glad that I can at least relate because I, I, I know I like I'll, I'll tell her like baby I know that hurts to know that you weren't invited or that they chose to do that thing um, and you know there's a there's a there's a time to grieve it or to to feel whatever you're feeling about that but um, I don't know I think that's an important a really important part of friendship is is that you are a person that's you know, you're weeping with those who weep. So there's, there's compassion when you're sad, but you're also rejoicing in when they're doing well. And so I don't know, I th- I, obviously, that requires some maturity and some selflessness. Sure. But and I think there's also like emotional health. Yeah, so that's involved in healthy friendships. Right. So the ability to talk yourself, I, I think what everybody longs for in friendship is, is like, feeling like they have people right feeling like they've got somebody that's got their back somebody that's always on their side it doesn't mean that person always thinks they're right it just means they're always for you yeah just like 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 god can be always for you even when you're very wrong right, <laughs> right. you know yeah. and um and so i think that's what people are longing for that faithfulness that faithfulness mm-hmm. in what they miss is that there's this openness to to love again like yeah yeah there's that there's the, like, a context that... there's a con like there's one context where there's a, that where it's exclusive in every other context healthy love should have be expansive right 
Right. Yeah, I love that picture. Yeah. So anyway, but I think I think that that healthy things grow. Healthy Mm -hmm. things. Ooh, hey, look at that. that. Annie Annie should be a therapist. (laughs) She should be a therapist before. Healthy things grow. They do. Yeah. And and um, and I think starting to teach that lesson young is so great that that Elise is already learning that like that it doesn't have to be jealous. More people can be included. You can be happy for somebody. Acknowledge your own pain, like you said. Like, I'm disappointed I wasn't invited to that. That would have been fun. I feel a little left out. But to be able to go, that's a growing friendship. Yeah. And if I ever want to invite those two people over to my house or to do something, I can try that too. Right. Sure. But I think also what, at least in my friendships, where that felt safe to do, or, 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 or were like it was also because I felt very securely loved by those people mm-hmm. like where I could circle back I remember one time I could circle back and 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 just and remember the faithfulness of that person and remember the love of that person and remember who they were instead of fixating on this one event yeah and so I I remember one time with Lydia she was not invited it was like in third grade she was not invited um to play at the neighbor's house and two other little girls were invited to play at our neighbor's house and probably knowing that neighbor had lydia just walked out the door she could have played with those kids like but in her mind she wasn't invited um and so those girls were walking up and down the street and and and, and to lydia's mind they were parading in front of our (laughs) house showboating that they were playing together and she was not playing with them. Isn't that always mm-hmm. oh, a lie of jealousy? Oh, like, oh. They are doing this with the express purpose. purpose. <laughs> right. The express purpose of tormenting me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which, who knows? But, but, but. Um, Their joy mm-hmm. equals my pain. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I remember talking to her. And of course, in my mom heart was like hurting. And probably all my own past wounds and baggages were just like, oh. <laughs> you know, but, um, I've spent enough time in therapy <laughs> and I've spent enough time with God and I've wrestled with those feelings enough in my own life to be able to say, Hey, Lydia, let's look at the whole breadth of this friendship. Is that who this person is? Like, mm-hmm. is that what she's like? Mm-hmm. Or is she the friend that in carpool, when you're sad says, Hey, Lydia, you know, don't worry about that or you know like she, she what, what, yeah, like comforts you that's mm-hmm. that's what i see of this child this like and reminding her of the like really goodness of that kid and of course it helps that that kid is actually a good kid you know <laughs> that, <laughs> well, that, reminding yeah, her of the truth that, mm-hmm. their truth yeah but uh, but i think but it didn't feel that way right then right but it was true you know mm-hmm. and and so Anyway, I think that there's some emotional health that comes along with being able to see that what's happening before your eyes is not necessarily what you're feeling. Right. Like that those two things might not align. And you might be feeling something very different from what is actually happening. Your perception of the situation could be very wrong. Right. Um, And that people, other people's actions are rarely an expression of their feelings for you. (laughs) Hmm. right like 
Yeah, but more of an outgrowth of their own heart or will yes, or right, right. emotions in the to, moment. Yeah. yeah, they're not trying to give you a statement right. with, <laughs> about yourself right. with their actions, but right. we often read a statement about ourselves right. with their actions. Well, and I think, I mean, not to be the Debbie Downer, but I, Go I also it, think yeah, that's who I am. Um, <laughs> but I think it's fair to also have an honest conversation with yourself, with your children, about what unhealthy friendships look like. Yeah, for sure. If there is somebody who comes to you as a last resort or chooses you because they're jealous that you've been spending time with another friend, um, I think it's fair. I've, I've had this conversation with my oldest of just like, have you noticed this pattern? And I know that, that, that you kind of want to play with her, but let's, let's look at that. Do you want to play with her because she's the cool girl and Mm -hmm. you feel like when she's interested, then you have to play with her or do you really enjoy some of the same things? Do you actually enjoy her as much as so-and-so and and doing stuff with so-and-so or so we've had to have that talk of like, I don't want to plant unhealthy seeds of, Hey, I think she's doing this and that sucks. Mm -hmm. But to be able to say, what do you see here? I just, I this past week I actually had a talk with her about how do you feel when you're around that friend? Do you ever, do you feel nervous? Mm -hmm. And that was, and and she was like, yes, I feel nervous when I'm around her, Mm -hmm. like that she's going to kind of drop me and go play with somebody else or that she's going to kind of say something mean about the stuff that I'm interested in. So it was a good conversation. I've, I've, tried to talk to her about that friendship over the years, but I haven't found the right word and nervous was just the right word. Um, and so, but yeah, I think not that I want her to ditch that friend. I've had unhealthy friendships, not that I want to want to ditch them, but to have an honest perspective of, I can either try to breathe some life into this friendship, breathe some honesty into Mm. it, maybe not in fifth grade, but like as an adult to say, Hey, I feel like we're kind of in a weird pattern here. Can we bring that to the light and have a conversation about it? Mm-hmm. Or to go, I'm going to take a healthy step back and 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 let this friendship just kind of be where it is and not try to make something make it something that it's not. Yeah. One of um I said this to one of my patients this week and uh I think it it's kind of what you're talking about is I I said relationships are are work, but they shouldn't feel like they're all work. Like mm-hmm. yeah. I, my dad. So this is more of a boyfriend relationship, but I remember my dad saying to me and my dad wasn't like a man that we had these conversations all the time, but he said to me, I'm just not sure it should be this hard. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that felt, that felt no, true. But I think that, I think that's true of friendship too. And I think like sometimes that can be like, maybe like that can be because of character flaws in, in one or both people. Yeah. But I think a lot of that also comes back to like affinity. Like mm-hmm. of of like sometimes what are, what are, what are what is it that's drawing you to that person? Is it some kind of external thing like popularity or position mm-hmm. that because if that's what's drawing you to that person that's that's not that's not really what affinity mm-hmm. that is is that's going to build a deep friendship. That's going to be that's going to be a friendship that's based on you trying to gain something different mm-hmm. from that person. Um, that's not what Anne of Green Gables would call a kindred spirit. It's not. Not right, a bosom right, friend. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and so, like, so you're looking for some. So, so I think sometimes 
affinity like needs to match and mm-hmm. and so like uh, are, and that doesn't are, mean you have to be exactly like that person no no but no when i mean interest. that when i mean that it's the drawing the, mm-hmm. the drawing the level of the like like moths to a flame are mm-hmm. they drawn to you at the same level that you're drawn to them I think we've all experienced times when that was a mismatch, right? Like, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm, whether sure. in friendship or in dating relationships, mm-hmm. like I like I have certainly certainly in dating relationships there were I always felt like I was being asked out by boys that I had no affinity for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the boys I had affinity for were frequently not asking me out. No one was asking me out, so. <laughs> so, yeah, so that but but I think there's times where a friendship like where I have wanted a friendship with someone and it was like and they just didn't seem to want a friendship with me they weren't mean people they weren't unkind people it was just for whatever reason wherever they were in life they were not needing an extra friend or certainly or it wasn't me if they (laughs) you know and again it's you know I think that's that's part of it too is like so when I sense that, I don't, I don't chase after that friendship. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and I think too, that, that it, after those kind, if you've had a few of those experiences, it's easy to feel burned mm-hmm. and to want to stop trying. Mm-hmm. But like, I, our friendships for me is a reminder to keep trying, you right. know, Kaylin and I had had a couple of bad not bad just like kind of neutral small group experiences at different churches and we're kind of both in a place of feeling a little bit a little it bit felt tired like a lot of work it did it, it, it we felt we felt like not really wanting to do that and it was Kaylin that was like I feel like we should at least try which is really weird to think about now but um he was like I feel like we should at least try and truly thank God because it was able. It, it was a way to be intentional in friendship because you carve out this space mm-hmm. for that small group. So, I guess that's just my plug. Like, if you've been burned in friendships or in small groups or whatever, I think it's worth it to keep trying because it can yield really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think I. Whenever I have sappy moments, like I particularly do during COVID nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've each received a like a a, a text from me that's like, gosh, I'm like. It, it feels so cool to like develop a friendship like in in the the three of us have like in it's been like in the last three or four years that mm-hmm. we became friends but it, but to feel like I have friends like I did when I was in college again mm-hmm. that's that like there's something just so wonderful about like God bringing that along when you weren't even looking or trying for that kind of friendship and again like you said that's like that's our small group. Like our small group just feels like a really homey place. And Mm -hmm. and the the connectivity that I feel with y'all and with the other members in our small group is just really cool. Like, and it does, I think it does take time. It's not like you get an immediate feel for that. And, you know, we've been doing, um, kind of a life stories series and Kaylin, um, my husband who can be a little bit guarded as can I, um, Like, he was just able to share some things that even I've only heard him talk about a couple of times in our marriage. Um, And that, to me, represents the the closeness of the group, but the trust that's been established there. And it took those, the four years, the three years of us spending time together 
having like doing social things, doing different different studies, just spending time together. Life group Olympics. Life group Olympic games, which like <laughs> I would love to repeat, but I'm probably the only one. Um, but I like it took all of those different experiences and the amount of time for him to get to the place where he would be comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. So I think to, to kind of, I think there is a level, I think you said a level of courage. I'm pointing at Annie because y'all can't see us. She's um, not really pointing. She's making a grand gesture. A grand gesture at Annie. <laughs> it takes a level of courage as a woman, as a man, as a couple to say, we're going to put ourselves out there to be known to, to become friends, to try and establish a level of, of closeness, there's a risk factor there that it may not. And we're going to show up week after week. That's right. Slugging it out. Mm-hmm. Like, not, like, you know. We're going like, to keep hiring a babysitter. We're going to keep <laughs> yes, that's trying right. to get dinner together mm-hmm. on Monday yeah, nights. Yeah, but I think we're it's, gonna... yeah, I, I mean, it's worth it. But it, yeah. but it takes, it, it did take commitment, Laura. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Accountability and commitment. Man, who can know <laughs> commitment is so great. And, I mean, I think it's great that you that you said that I um just in terms of being burned because I think that's a really common feeling feeling I also have had seasons I, I feel like we've moved enough times for me to have really great friends all over the country but and even the world but there have been seasons where I have been desperately lonely and you know I don't know how common that is if that's I would assume it's pretty common, but you know, if you're in a place of, of wanting friendship, longing for friendship, feeling like everyone else has friendship, I just, I, I mean, there have been seasons when I have felt so alone and, um, you know, looking back, I feel like those were the times when I grew in my friendship with the Lord sadly because there was no one else to be caught up in or with and and so it was this beautiful redemption of that time and I think he was changing me into a better friend I think he teaches you things in those seasons of loneliness that you can't learn um you know with a you know with the with the hubbub of a full life full of friendships but clearly his heart is for community. Clearly mm-hmm. his heart is that we exist in a body type relationship with other people. And so I, I in no way think that, um, you know, any of the, that the destiny or the trajectory of any believer is loneliness over the long haul. But I believe there's, there's those distinct oh, periods mm-hmm. that I've had that I, I think there was like for me even and so now you guys have listened to our Enneagram episode you know <laughs> that I am a seven and so sevens are super friendly and extroverted and probably never appear like they don't have friends because they always have people around them but I think for me even especially early motherhood I had less people far less people around yeah. me but there were seasons that I've had that, you know, at, when I first moved to Dallas, like three of my like six dear friends from college lived in the DFW area. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I moved and then I was in seminary. So I was like in school and then I lived with roommates, you know, like I, yeah. I like you had a it, lot of t- I had a lot of people. time 
when I had a lot of time with those people. Plus I had the support of like college friends that lived in Dallas. But then I graduated from seminary and I got married and those seminary friends were scattered around yeah. and my, um, and my Dallas friends that were, or my dear, dear college friends that had lived in Dallas were only here. Some of them were here for seminary. Actually, I think all of them were here for seminary or their husbands were. And like they left. And, and then I was, I had, uh, all I had was acquaintances. Right. And, um, I like acquaintances probably more than the average bear, you know, <laughs> like, you know, so, but it was very lonely for me because what I was used to was like laughing on the bed until I am crying at a schnauzer winking at me while pooping with dear friends. That's, that's what I was used to. Right. That's, that's what I was made for that kind yeah. of friendship. Mm-hmm. And so there were, there were, you know, there was a long season in my life where that was, I still had all of those friends that, that I had that with, but they, I didn't have the proximity with them anymore. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I, 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 and I was living off of, you know, like getting to see some of those people like maybe three times a year, you know, like right. versus like three times a week. Right. And that mm-hmm. just felt yeah. lonely. It just yeah. felt lonely. And again, it wasn't like I wasn't having any fun during that time. It wasn't like I wasn't going and doing stuff. I just didn't have people that saw me and that it, it because for me, it's like, I, I think I have magnified fun with the people that I have cried in front of the mm-hmm. people that I, that like know my heartbreaks mm-hmm. that, I can tell them like what I am ashamed of myself for doing. Those are the people that I can laugh in a way that is right. Laugh as if I have no cares for with the abandon. Yeah, like yeah, but you know, like but but really yeah. like that. Yeah, with mm-hmm. abandon. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You kind of soar the heights with people you've plumbed the depths with. And... Yeah, yeah. And I love that you said God can use that that time not that he only needs you to be lonely in order to for you to draw nearer but right yes he can use the loneliness and and he can also use the community and the friendships and and I yeah I I think um like I said we were weary and and I had gotten I mean I've been in Richardson Dallas area for the majority of my life and I had lots of people that I knew um, Laura means she knows everyone in Richardson. <laughs> and I mean everyone. I should never do anything embarrassing at Target because I'm going to see someone I know. She should not, nor should she act at a sh- in a shameful way and send back her dinner 17 times in a fit of rage. She should never do that. No, I've never and done that. Hasn't I would done just that. Eat and it. also, she hasn't done that. So I'm if just you saying. Know me, that's I would really just she would just eat swallow it. the hair. <laughs> she would just swallow the hair in her taco. Oh, I That's just a clapped. really specific example. I know. I want everyone to know that was just pulled out of the brain of Jessica Denny, not a real life example. No, I'm just saying, like, if you behaved in such a fashion, it would be a bad idea in Richardson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she hasn't. And also, even though that taco example was very specific, she's also never ingested a hair in a taco, to my knowledge. 
<laughs> but I'm just saying she would never send back. Not that you're a horrible human if you do send back your food. We're not saying that. We're, we're edit alert. Edit alert. <laughs> Except this isn't a story. This is this is just just this is just me digging and digging and deeper and deeper. How can I insult more people? Okay, you did good. Thank you. Um. I was—I don't know what I was even saying, but I'm sure it was profound. Um, you know, a lot of people in oh, Richardson. Oh yeah, that super <laughs> profound. I know so many people. <laughs> it was. I know a lot of people. I'm very. I'm a big deal. Okay? She's just kind know of a that. big deal. I don't have a point to make. I just no. want the podcast world to know that. I'm a pretty big thing here in the in Canucks. The Richardson. You want the Canucks? That's what we think that Canadians might be called, but we're not sure if it's slang. Wait, is it bad? Someone Google it. I don't think it's bad, right? Um, edit me. alert over. Edit, yeah. <laughs> Maybe edit out Canucks if later we find out it's a bad word or like a slur. I, I don't think it is, but I don't know. I feel like there should be some like... Stop talking. Stop talking. Like preemptive work before we take the risk into the microphone. I know. Well, I know we mentioned it earlier. Also earlier before the podcast... Canucks was mentioned. And when it was mentioned, and I quote, your exact words were, oh my gosh, I'm not going to say it on the podcast. I know, but I say a lot of things. Anyway, you know a lot of people, but still maybe I think you were thinking you were taking risks, you'd been burned. No, I just, I, I mean, I feel like I've made that point, but I just to, to Even though gotten, you grew up in Richardson. Yes. So even when there is an expectation that you should ha you have lots of friends like you, you looked like you knew lots of people. It doesn't mean that you are experiencing the level of intensity that you want or the level of commitment that you want. And I think keep keep seeking that, keep finding that. And I, I do think and I, this is not like a plug to promote coming to Dallas Bible for all of the non-Dallas Bible church people that are listening to this. In Canada. In Canada. Yeah, Canada. If you <laughs> in want to come Canada. visit. Yeah. Um, come visit us, Canada. I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Annie doesn't even know because Annie probably hasn't, we haven't released the Enneagram one yet where we talk about the Canadians. So Annie doesn't even know what I, we're talking about. I feel a little lost <laughs> about the Canada situation. You're not <laughs> That's, our listeners won't, though. Kyle came in and said, um, hey, do you guys want to know how many downloads you've had? And he told us, and he was like, and do you want to know in how many different countries you've been listening to? And we were like, what? No, where we're big. Where we're where big. Where we're big, yeah. I think we had like eight downloads in Canada. Who are these Canadians? Wow. Well, well like, now right? you've lost them. It's if, over if now. I, if with I your slurs. <laughs> Canadian slurs. I hope it's not a slur. <laughs> well, now we've talked about it too much to cut any of this out. I know. It'll be a big section. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> get involved in a small group. It's real great. <laughs> below, yeah, get in below the picture of the dog. Okay, oh, back to the schnauzer. I will also put, like, if, if it turns out that Canucks is a bad word, I will put a note. PSA. Yep. Please, if you are easily offended and have Canadian roots. We need one of those, like, one of those, uh, like, MA squares. Oh, and also, like, parental the, advisor. Views, the views of Dallas Bible are, are not reflected <laughs> in the co-host. Of this podcast. Oh. oh, my word. I know. 
Well, um, we could probably keep talking about friendship forever. <laughs> well, I do feel like these are forever friendships. Oh. <laughs> That's bad, Laura. That's really bad. I thought it was great. Yes. Um, I think maybe we can do a more focused one sometime about this, but I think this is a good start. It was a good start. Um, We are going to be issuing a quiz to see who can say the four things, and bonus points if you can say five, because really we said five (laughs) points of community. That's true. Hint. They don't all end in itty. <laughs> Although kind of, because I might be dropping commitment. And see, that's a cheater. Oh, well, there you goes the bonus Thanks. round. No, no, no. Well, look, that's, I mean, we want to help these people. No, uh, you heard it here first. Jessica Denny wants to drop commitment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for uh, joining us today for Embarrassment of Riches. We hope you join us next time. 